Welcome back Unleash Leader. I am your mindset coach Sarah Hunter and I am super excited for this conversation all about sales and marketing and all of the really integral parts of being a business owner and our guest today is the beautiful Alison Wheeler. Welcome Alison. Thank you so much for having me Sarah. I'm very excited for our conversation. Me too. We were just discussing um, before we hit record all about like the conversation that we're going to be happening today. And I feel like this is going to be so, so good. So get ready for like that straight talking, no bullshit kind of advice that you know that you can hear from me. So I would love for you to like introduce yourself to all of the listeners, please. For sure. Well, I am based in Australia. I'm on the Gold Coast in Australia uh, and I am a business coach. I've been doing that now for um, onwards of 13 years. It's a little while. Uh, I My background, I'm a professional athlete. I'm a mum, a wife, a dog mummy as well. So that life is busy, right? As well as, (laughs) you know, building and growing a business and working with other business owners. So life's, life's a juggle, life's busy, but that's how I love it. Uh, And I'm really, really passionate about helping business owners run a profitable business that actually they run rather than it runs their lives. Because most people go into business because they're super passionate about what they, they do and they love it and they're good at it. But they're not necessarily fantastic at running their business and then their business takes them, them over. And I want to flip the script on that where you actually have both. Yeah. And I think that is so like why I'm so excited for this conversation because I see so many entrepreneurs more so like the spiritual, the healers, the empaths, these kind of entrepreneurs that are so freaking good at what they do. They're so incredibly talented. They're so gifted. And yet it's their marketing. It's their sales that are actually stopping them. That There's such a narrative of being like, And I know I had this myself of like being the best kept secret, but like that's not going to get you a profitable business. (laughs) Unfortunately, I mean, that would be nice, right? If we could just put up a Facebook page or a post and we get inundated with inquiries, but it's just just not how it's going to happen. And the best kept secret is a problem, right? Like because Mm. no one can do business with the best kept secret. And Mm. You know, from that mindset perspective, from my my opinion, is why would you want to do so many people a disservice of not having your services by keeping the best, being the best kept secret? You want to be as loud and as proud and quite frankly, as obnoxious, because that's probably <laughs> what it feels like, as you possibly can be. And it will, you know, you do feel obnoxious and pushy and all those things that we associate with getting ourselves out there, they all will come up because as you market and as you sell, you will push up against your own perception of who you are and your your self-belief and the framework of who you think you are, you know, and I encourage anyone I work with, encourage, yeah, but what is the future version, that business owner that you want to be, what are they doing? What do they want? And what would they be doing? And if you knew what to do and you were doing it and you were being that now, you would already have it. So there has to be an iteration of, who the version of you that you're being and that really uncomfortable part where you change um, in order to be able to get there. Yeah, completely. And I love what you said about 
you know, you almost do need to be obnoxious about it. And that's how it feels as you as the person. But I feel as though everyone else has only just begun to hear you selling. Like they've like, oh, this is the first time I've seen someone like her sell this. When actually for you, it feels obnoxious because you've talked about it 10, 20, 50 times. But for the other person, I think that's something to keep in mind that for them, it could be that first time that they're ever seeing you. What? I would love to hear from you, like selling, like that selling is of service. Like, let's really dive into that of like that you being of service. I know we were speaking before of like, they're coming to you because you're helping them with a problem, whether you like whatever it is that you're doing, I'd love you to speak more on that. Yeah, well, you, you know, your customers are inquiring to your clients are inquiring to be you because they have a problem and they want that solved whatever it is, right? Mm -hmm. So they've come to you because they've either found you, heard you, seen you, they've been referred to what, however they've come into your world and they see you as the expert or someone who can resolve that problem for them. So if they come to you with a problem and you do not exchange your services with that person, how have you helped them? You Mm -hmm. have not helped them, right? You've given them, might've given them a free piece of advice, but have you actually help them. If you have not transacted with them and sold them your product or service, you have not helped them. You're doing them a disservice because you're ripping them off of your services. Yeah. And how is that ethical, right? Like people talk about, you know, I want to do the right thing and all that. But how is it doing the right thing? One, how is it doing the right thing for you to be broke and not be exchanging your services for money? It's not. How is that doing the right thing? It's not the right thing for you. It's not the right thing for your family. It's not the right thing for anybody. And you can't give back into the world abundantly if you don't exchange abundantly like you know mm. that that is so important so selling to me that selling a lot of people have the context of selling it's like ugh, you know I don't want to be pushy and I don't want to be this and I don't want to be well it's going to feel like that because you are you are not good at it you haven't done it before the first time we do anything the second time the third time probably the first thousand times we suck at it right? Like we suck at it. It's uncomfortable. We're bad at it. You have to be okay with being bad at something before you can be good at something. And so often the people I work with, they do not even ask for the sale, right? Mm -hmm. So that is step number one. You actually have to ask for the sale. And what do you think is not asking for the sale? It is not an ask for the sale. You actually literally need to ask for that sale how are you going to pay for that or how would you like to pay for that or when would you like to book in right or will you have that with that whatever right like the an actual question that has a movement forward to exchange funds for your product that Mm -hmm. is actually then going to allow you to close that sale when you need to be able to close that sale to exchange money and have an income what do you think I'd love to just jump in there and ask what do you think is the reason for the people that you work with that you see online like what do you see as the reason why people don't ask for the sell or they like pussyfoot around it without actually actually asking like when would you like to book in how would you like to pay like what do you see are the reasons that are stopping people from doing that people are afraid of rejection mm. right 
what if they say no? Well, you if they walk away without exchanging money with you, they just it's a no, right? Like you caused that to be not to not happen. So all that fear around saying no and we dilly-dally around asking for the sale, then we don't get the sale, you might as well have asked and got a no, right? Because a no is not just because someone said no right in that instant. It's not a rejection of you. It's just no right now, right? And that also doesn't mean they won't then purchase from you in the future. Like Mm -hmm. it might just be it's terrible timing and in one month it's perfect timing. But if you don't handle and control that exchange well, then you can lose them completely for that one month when they're ready to exchange with you. People want leadership and Mm -hmm. lead people through the process. Make it easy for people to exchange with you. Some people make it so hard. It's like, you know, I've been in situations where I'm like, I want to buy from you, just ask, and they don't. They make the situation so awkward and I won't and then I do not. I will literally find someone else because it's like, yeah, that's just now awkward, right? So I think largely so many people are afraid of rejection because we think no means that we're being rejected, but no Mm -hmm. just means no to that situation in that moment and we're not in that person's life to know all of the other things that are going on, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and that, and I truly believe if you don't handle that well, that lack of handling that situation well determines whether they will come back to you because it's very small percentage of your customers and your clients will purchase from you in the first transaction with you, in the first yeah. interchange with you. Mm. It can take months before someone may purchase off you. Yeah, and, you know, that was a really... I think important lesson in my business that a couple of years ago, I had someone reach out that was so excited to work with me. And it took, I think maybe like four months of her coming back a couple of times. And it got to the point where I was like, you know what, you need to decide whether you're in or not. And then she came in, she was a great, great client. Oh, I have some noise coming through. I hope you can't hear that. Someone decided to start doing DIY. Anyway, so she came in, she was a, a, a great client and it ended up being a great relationship, but I guess it was because I helped her come back and be able to still have that relationship that just because she said no in the first instance, leading them through. So what can we do to make it easier for people to say yes? For those people that are maybe not a yes straight away, but it's like a not right now to come back. Like how can we be that in that leadership role of helping people know that it's okay for them to come back in a week, in a month, in a year, whenever it is that they're ready to to take that next step. Lay out a follow-up sequence for yourself. Have a written follow-up sequence for you and your customers. And you might put that into a CRM, customer relationship manager. You might be more manual than that. You might have it on a piece of paper. But have a, okay, after the first contact, I'm going to follow them up and provide value. And all of those follow-ups provide value. What are the problems you're solving? How can you provide some sort of value in the next level of exchange? And continue to do that until you get a yes or an unsubscribe or whatever, but just continue to outflow that information and continue to provide value on a follow-up sequence because, you know, percentage-wise, most people, it takes generally five to 12 follow-ups before someone will move forward. Wow. Okay. And I think that that's something that 
especially new business owners that don't understand that it's not a no, like just because they receive that no, as you beautifully said, it's it's more of a no right now that it may take that five to eight follow-ups. And I think moving out of that mindset of all pestering, and of course you need to do it in an aligned way. This isn't about like following up every single hour or <laughs> daily, you know, we need to do it in the right kind of way, as you said. But, you know, like when you are coming back from a value of like, they need your service. They came to you in the first instance for a reason because they wanted help with something and you are the person to provide it. Yeah, and if you're committed to helping people, why wouldn't you follow up? Mm. Because your consistency of follow-up is actually a demonstration of the level of help you'll give them. Wow. Right? So if you don't follow up, Someone inquires to you. They might move forward. They don't move, whatever it is, right? They don't, let's say they don't move forward with you in that instance. And then Mm -hmm. you ghost them, right? Like they don't get anything more from you. What are you demonstrating to them? You're demonstrating them a lack of consistency, a lack of persistence and a lack of leadership, which is what most people are looking for. They're looking for that level of help. So I believe if you don't follow up, what think about what that actually demonstrates to the person who just inquired. They will go to the person who's willing to continue to follow up because that demonstrates to them the level of support that they'll get, the actual integrity of that person, right? And so I think that that's why that actually doing that sales follow-up is so important. Not in the same way every time. Are you ready to move forward yet? Are you ready to move forward yet? Are you, well, they're going to block you pretty damn quickly, <laughs> right? Like get creative with yeah. all the opportunity. You might find an article that's a you think useful to someone. Send that. You might do a video. You might send a text message. You might send something in the post. Post right now is incredibly effective because no one's doing it. Right, mm-hmm. we've moved away from that. People love getting things in the mail. I mm-hmm. have these little postcards that I'll send. I have all sorts of different things that I use as follow up bec- in terms of post because I find that it's really effective. So face to face, go visit someone. Mm-hmm. Right, take the distance out of a situation. It's amazing what happens when you actually talk to someone face to face these days. They quite like it. Yeah. Uh, so it's, so it just comes down to letting that creativity flow in all of the different ways that you can follow up. But it really, really, it, and it's the same with that interchanges to your marketing too. If you're not showing up daily in your marketing and on your socials and and everywhere you possibly can, what's mm-hmm. that demonstrating? right? You're not even demonstrating you're open for business. Mm. That consistency is so, so as much as it's overwhelming and as much as when it fir- you first start, it feels like, oh my gosh, that's taking me forever. But, you know, you can s- schedule things, you can like pre-prepare content. There's so many time savers now that you can do to make that a lot easier for yourself. Yeah, uh, But that, again, it's that consistency. And if you think about if you had a bricks and mortar business and versus a digital business, the bricks and mortar business, it's easy, right? Because they open their doors, they're open. They close their doors, they're closed. Like you kind of know because the doors are either open or closed. Mm-hmm. But in a, from the digital perspective, the only way that you're going to demonstrate you're open for business is by continually showing up 
online every day it's it's a demonstration you're open for business if you go onto someone's socials like i do this all the time i'll go onto someone's socials and they posted six months ago i'm like well they must be out of business now i can then drive there right and realize they're open i'm like yeah that's a little bit concerning yeah and you know i think that when you are if you're working to someone more on the service-based things and you're like a mindset coach or whatever that you do, that you're you're working with someone, uh, but you're not just buying a product, you know, it's service-based, like you're creating a relationship. You know, it's, it's so important that when you are working with someone in a one-to-one capacity that you do know, like, and trust them. And so having that consistency and showing up is kind of, it's, it's also building that relationship for people to get to know you, you know, and, and having that follow-up is as you said, like knowing that leadership, knowing what kind of support they're going to get as well, because, you know, they're already having that almost with that like online relationship within your consistency in your marketing. 100%. It, it's so, it's just, it's a demonstration. Everything you are putting out there and everything that you do is demonstrating the values that you stand by. Yeah. Right. So if you're a service for particularly for a service-based business, if you're demonstrating service, like if that's one of your values is service, you best be demonstrating it. Mm. Right. So I think it's also if we peel marketing right back to kind of like the very fundamentals of marketing, it's what are your values? What are the values that your business stands for? And how are you going to demonstrate those values? Mm. Is your marketing and is your marketing consistency demonstrating the values for which your business stands by? And it's a worthwhile exercise to make sure that they are, because I I also find that that it's like a little bit of internal sandpaper when you're out of integrity with your values. Mm. You can feel it right like there's yeah. this in, literally like internal sandpaper I got no other way to describe it that's how it feels for me anyway <laughs> um it's like rubbing up and there's just something right because something's just out and it's this it, it's this mal- misalignment around values you're not following through on your values or you're not demonstrating as your values through what you're doing and I think but be careful because then there's the misinformation around that then, well, but I better not put myself out there too much. It's like, yeah, but that's not actually a value. That's a that's a, just a, operating off a bad idea yeah. um, because if you're in obscurity, if people don't know you, they can't do business with you. Mm. They can't. If you're hidden under a rock, they can't find you. If they don't know what you do, they can't find you. Now I posted for a bit on socials and then I was speaking to someone this morning they're like oh do you do that and I'm like seriously woeses I'm like all right anyway and then I booked her in but it was kind of again it was still I'm like wow I need to up the ante and I think (laughs) I post a lot it's like hmm how am I going to post more how am I going to be out there more how else can I get out there like it got my mind really thinking about how am I going to up level again to get more messaging out there because she hasn't seen it. Yeah. Right. And it's like, hmm. And she's one of my, she's like kind of in my ideal client avatar. So it's like, hmm. All right. I need to find multiple ways. Like there's not one way to do that. There's multiple ways. You can't just rely on one way either because 
if that way, if that one way goes away, you're now in big trouble. Yes. And I think that that's something that we're kind of learning more over the past few years with like that, you know, suggesting that TikTok might go away for some people, you know, like threads has kind of come and is it still there? And, and, you know, all, all these different platforms that we're just a part of, but we don't own unless, you know, unless it's maybe an email list or a text list or whatever else, like that kind of thing, you don't own them. And so it can be taken away at any point. So I love what you said then about having that like mirror reflective view of this new client that you brought in of like, do you do this? Because I think sometimes, uh, you know, going back to that conversation of like, what is so obvious to us where we feel like it's almost obnoxious, like that we're saying all the time, people that can be in our world that have no idea because we have our own lives going on. We don't know the A to Z of what's going on in someone else's business of what they can offer us. And I love that you were saying about those more like tangible things of like, so using you as an example of this morning of being like, okay, I need to like up the ante. I need to, you know, go to the next level. Like what are some tips that you would give of like, what are you going to be doing there? Thinking like, okay, so I'm, I'm not being a thousand percent obvious. Like how can we, I'd love to hear from you. Like what advice are you giving yourself at the moment of like, I'm yeah. Doing so that. then I reflect, yeah, exactly. Right. Like I go, mm, okay. So I know that most of the business owners I work with, uh, they're busy, right? Like they're Mm -hmm. busy, they're they're in overwhelm, like they're exceptionally good at what they do, but their business acumen's not where it needs to be. They've got a Mm -hmm. successful product, but they need to get that further out there. And I'm like, well, then how am I going to get in front of those people? So, you know, I attend networking events. I, I do all of my socials on every social that I can get do every single day I will post on socials without fail seven days a week right and like I said you can schedule it ahead to make it easy for yourself but then I was like okay well if these people are busy I'm gonna have to get in front of them Mm. I am going to literally have to get in front of them now do I find that confronting of course I do right does that make me uncomfortable to have to walk around and knock on doors and go and say hello or whatever I'm whatever ways other ways I can think of Mm -hmm. to get in front of them yes 100% but there and then also talking to my current clients around who are they connected to so that's where my mind went to after that it's like Hmm, Because this person is connected to another client and I'm like, oh, hold on a second. So having more of those conversations as well as then visually actually going out there and talking to people in the real world uh, are two things that, that I will implement a strategy on despite how I want the result. So in being an athlete, I know that if you want the result, you have to get uncomfortable. <laughs> yes. Just, just goes with the territory, right? Yeah. And I think that that's something that people tend to forget. Like I'm all for like manifesting, but if you don't take the action, it's literally a case of being like, like I think that so many people don't realize that if you want the result, like it's going to be uncomfortable. The people that are having success in their business aren't just all like, rainbows and butterflies and receiving yeses all the time and everything is just so easy for them like they are asking big bold asks they are putting themselves out there they're probably receiving more no's than the people who aren't 
financially or whatever other terms like doing well for themselves like just being uncomfortable and knowing that it like it comes with it's what you signed up for (laughs) that's right when you decided you wanted to be an entrepreneur you decided to take the biggest personal development journey of your entire life which also means aka you're about to get really uncomfortable and getting comfortable with being uncomfortable but you know the thing is just choose your hard because it's hard to stay stuck where you are anyway it's hard to live a sucky life both things are hard right Mm -hmm. to not get your dreams and results and your goals is hard to get your dreams and results and goals is both are hard pick I would rather be challenged by building something I want than challenged by building something I don't both Mm. are hard yeah completely agree with you completely agree with you okay so let's change tracks just slightly and I'd love to go I'd love to dive more into your like your marketing mind the like how if you are like the hidden healer right now if you're someone who is like the best kept secret if you are like just waiting for those flocks of people to come wait at like knocking down your door and you're not doing it like what are those what advice or like what kind of <laughs> pulling them out of their bullshit can we can we help these people with 100% so first and foremost I would say formalize a plan right number one what is your actual financial goal because I find a lot of people can't articulate what that is Mm. and then reverse engineer the damn thing. So let's say you want to earn a hundred grand, a million, whatever, and then work backwards. How many things of what you sell do you need to do in order to get there, which then gives you a framework for how many do you need to sell on a daily, weekly, monthly, et cetera. There's your business plan, right? Mm -hmm. Structure it out because otherwise it's all pie in the sky and you've got nothing to work with. You can't measure it, right? Like it's just, oh, well, I did a post and it was great. No, it just wasn't enough. Did you get that many sales? Did you get that many inquiries? Then there's a boring side, which is to keep your statistics because that will give you predictability. How are you going to know, you know, if I have five people inquire, then one of those moves forward, that equals X. So if I know I go through that cycle over and over again, I know then that that's what that's going to give me, right? So there's the kind of, frameworky things for for the back end of things and then you go and then you need to know what problems do I solve what problems do I solve and who do I want to solve those problems for Mm. and then get out of your comfort zone and start speaking to that start putting that out there start reaching out and the fastest way to do that if you are in your infancy is people you know Mm. and then the people they know. Whilst you're building up your confidence to get out there and do all your social media and everything like that because that will be uncomfortable and it will take you a long time in the beginning. And then before you do any paid marketing, zero paid marketing at this point because you need to be profitable to do paid marketing. Mm. You need revenue in your business right? So do everything you possibly can for free. There's so much you can do for free. Mm. And if you can't get it to convert free, it's not going to suddenly convert paid. (laughs) not. So you might as well dial in your message. Yeah. Free. And being bold enough to tell people what you do. Like get out your phone, get out, you go jump onto your socials and let people know 
what you do, what you're offering, and that you are open for clients or customers, right? Because people won't know. Mm. And you don't have to say, do you want to, to do you want my service? You could say, do you know anyone who would be interested? That's for a referral. Right. That is just the fastest game plan whilst you're building your actual marketing skills. Mm. So that is getting your brand and your message honed in across social platforms or email platforms or whatever you want to choose to use. It takes time to hone that hook and that message in in order to get people to respond because we can think, oh, I put a post out there today and we think because our business is the most important thing to us, mm-hmm. we can think everyone's seen our one post, which I remember, you know, I mean, I've had my business for a long time. I This was like pre-social media. I used to do little newspaper ads and things like that. Right. And I remember putting, like way back then, put in this newspaper ad one, right, and I'm like, well, why is my phone not ringing off the hook? I had no idea, right? Like, I'm like, come on, people. And it was such a, a rude awakening because I'm like, oh, I'm going to actually have to do way more than that <laughs> to actually get the number of inquiries. And it's the same, like now more than ever, right? Like we are even more inundated with noise and information. So it does take more push and more than you think it will and more getting your message out there and more posting and more refining your message and more thinking you're being annoying and thinking you're being pushy and all of those things. Good, Mm. be pushy. You need to push your product out into the market or no one will find you and they won't transact with you, right? Mm. Like you will still remain the best kept secret, a.k.a. broke, Um. Which doesn't work, right? Like you you went into a business to help people, but you also went into business to be profitable. Yeah. You know, it's so funny. I was laughing when you were saying about the newspaper because I I so remember this. It's ingrained in my memory of being like, oh my God, I'm going to put my website up live today. It was such a big deal. I clicked it on live. And then there was just, I was like ready for them to be battering down my door and like... <laughs> No one probably knew that my website was live. It was the most, like, she said, rude awakening of like, ha, okay, it takes a little bit more than just clicking go. So, you know, something that I hear about a lot, and you said um, then about predictability, and something that I hear from so many of my clients is that, like, their clients just find them out of the blue, that they don't know where they're coming from. They just they come in, they drop into their DMs out of nowhere and, you know, they have no predictability. So for those people who are getting clients, but at the moment they have no idea. So say where they're coming from, they're just like sliding into their DMs. What would you say to them about that predictability of being able to hone in to like understand where it is and being able to replicate the results? A hundred percent. Ask. Ask. Ask them, how did you find me? Right? Because you need that predictable. You cannot, you can't have predictability on which someone dropped into my DMs. Yeah. Because how do you, if you, the, the people will know where they came from or how they found you. That defined you to drop into your DMs. So it didn't just happen miraculously. But you want, there's no, you are not going to push your clients away by asking, how how did you find me? 
Yeah. How did you get to DMing me? Well, what was it that triggered you to DM me, right? Why now? Mm -hmm. Ask. Ask the hard questions because that will give you such integral information. It might be one particular post that you put up about one particular topic and now you know that thing converts and you want to push on that. You want to find every angle you can to work with that. Yeah. But if you don't ask, you will never know. You know what? It feels like it's coming back to, you know, you were saying at the beginning of like actually asking for the sell, asking for people to get booking in like that, that do you, and I don't know if you work with just female clients or male female clients or, or who it is, but do you find that it's that like that asking that we seem to as entrepreneurs struggle with, like asking for the sell, asking for people where they came from. I feel like it's in that, like not wanting to not already have the answers already that we're just supposed to know. We're just supposed to know what to do or like where people came from. Well, people don't want to look like they're stupid. People don't want to look like they're, 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 they're doing the wrong thing. They also, don't, I don't want to lose my client, right? Mm. Or lose this customer. They will appreciate you more if you ask. Because it actually shows you care. You care about the pathway they came to you from. And you want other people to be able to find the same pathway. It's yeah. a demonstration of care. It's not a demonstration of lack of care or pushiness or anything like that. I think particularly I work with a lot of women. I do work with women and men, but I work with a lot of women. Right. I find women tend to be way worse at asking because societally i do believe it a lot of it comes back to societal upbringing we mm. as you know be the good girl be seen and not heard da, da, da. so asking's like yeah we burnt our bras a long time ago but man <laughs> we've still got a long way to go to up level to live to the burn the bras you know kind of thing that that symbolized yeah, yeah. great but what about the rest of it so this that uh, is that also that imposter syndrome or what if they find out I don't know, mm. right? What if yeah. they find out I don't know? Well, you don't know something, okay? You know more than they do or you wouldn't. they wouldn't have inquired with you. And it's scary. It's like every day I go through that. Yeah. It's real, right? Every day. I don't know a successful entrepreneur on this planet that does not live in the imposter syndrome most days because mm. if you're pushing outside your comfort zone and you're pushing towards bigger goals all the time you're constantly in imposter syndrome oh my god can I do that oh my goodness do I have the wherewithal oh my goodness I don't know if my skills are going to be good enough blah 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 right but it's only that's the whole point you you agree you do it and then you will make yourself better right? Mm -hmm. You will expand into that and be better. And again, the first or second or third or thousand times you do it, it won't be good. It won't be to the standard you want. Mm. And I like think the first that... time you walked, you fell over. <laughs> and you know, like I say so often of like, um, imposter syndrome is such a good thing because if you if you don't feel like an imposter, then your dreams are probably a little bit too small. You're not like pushing yourself. You're not going for those big desires and goals that are in your heart. Like the people who are successful, they're okay. They're like, they want to feel like an imposter. They want to be in rooms where they probably know the least or, you know, like they have these big goals. Like that's what we're here for. 100%. You know, you want to be in a room where you know the least. 
Otherwise, you're mm. a big fish, small pond. Makes you feel good. But you're not growing. <laughs> so I'd love to ask you, what are some like tangible takeaways that you'd love to leave people with, whether it was selling or the more marketing side of things? Like what are some like things that people just need to know, but they're probably like staying comfortable. Like they're telling themselves they don't need to do it, that it's okay. Like what can we be doing? Yeah. I think if we start with marketing, number one, work out what your values and your company values are, write them down. Number two, what problems do you solve for your customers and who do you want to target? And those people actually need to pay, be able to pay for your product, have the wherewithal to pay. Don't be afraid to go to a market that can actually pay for what you want to do. Yeah. And then from there, I mean, that's very basic. Have a marketing schedule for all your socials and everything, like actually get yourself out there, whether it's talking to people and set a target every day. What are you going to do for marketing, working on your business in your schedule? And I suggest eat the frog, do it first because most people avoid it, um, of actually working on your business and market it because marketing comes first. You can't sell to someone who doesn't exist. Then once someone comes into your world, you have to ask for the sale. And it will feel really weird initially. Are you ready to move forward or how would you like to pay for that? When would you like to book in? You know, those kind of questions. Mm -hmm. And then the third thing would be, I mean, it might be up to the fourth because I wasn't counting, um, (laughs) (laughs) would be to develop a way to follow up, at least have 12 follow-up sequences in ways you can follow up with someone. And how would you, so two things I want to touch on. First of all, like the entrepreneurs that I know that are listening that are more like they are already in the like six-figure category, like don't forget to market yourself. As Alison was saying, like you're so busy in your business, running your business, serving your clients. Don't forget to market yourself. Like still need to do this. But when you said the follow-up of like 12 times, Are we talking like, would you suggest, and I guess this is really like using your intuition for per person, if they said like, I'm not like I'm away or something's going on, blah, blah, blah. But like, do you suggest this is like once a week or like once a week and then once a month? Like what are we You might, you might. So it depends on kind of how they've come to you. Depends on your business a little bit, but you might follow up like a day later, then a week later, and then they might be on a, on a weekly drip feed of emails. Mm. or you know various things you might like I said you might have a trigger that lets you know to post something to them or or give them a call or a text in various ways right like right. various ways to to follow up with someone but I think week like on a weekly newsletter on a weekly drip feed is really important mm. really yeah, and really I think important. that that's can a reminder of people, they don't what you were to. saying like doing it differently it's not just going back into the dms and being like hey you ready now but actually like diversifying like finding all the different ways of like coming front of mind I guess yeah and like the good thing is we have AI now so you don't have to be the smartest 
person. You can literally put it into something like ChatGPT. Can you please give me ideas for follow-up for this type of person, this type of client? And it will spit out a whole bunch of ideas for you. Don't even have to sit there and painstake over it for hours. Just stick it into ChatGPT. It'll give you a bunch of ideas. Pick the ones you like and off you go. (laughs) Marketing made simple. I love it. (laughs) Exactly, right? Like it's such, because it's so dependent on prompts. So if you put in what you want and what you're thinking, it can give you all sorts of fabulous ideas. Mm. And then you just pick and choose the ones that work for you or in alignment with your business or in alignment with you. Yeah, absolutely. Complete. You know, even before this interview, I was literally on chat GPT, like trying to do a couple of things. I was like, oh, I love the way that they phrased that. I'm going to use this. <laughs> exactly. Right. You can, and and just, you just kind of can keep, playing with it until and then take the bits you like and leave the rest yeah and I think that's so such a beautiful way to wrap up this conversation of like take what resonates and leave the rest like take what resonates in like your marketing if if it's someone when you're following up of like what feels what feels good and that predictability of what's working if it is working keep it and if it's not like maybe redo it or maybe just leave it alone maybe that's just not for you exactly because you know success leaves clues so if it's working do more of that and if it's not working iterate on it until you figure out how to make it work right like just Mm. change and and evolve it until you can get it to dial in and and work for you and your business Mm. and I would say too for you know people who are wanting to scale from 100 upwards to seven figures or beyond that's about automated systems and trying to go from the do it all yourself to then scaling and that's where the predictability in all of those systems are so important because it's going to allow you to be far more effective and efficient and to scale up Mm, I'd love okay we're gonna wrap it up but I want I want to jump into this just before we do because I feel like you've hit something here like so for those people who are in my community who are in this place where they're on six figures or multiple and they're they're scaling up in their business right now like you know you said then about the um like automations like what are a couple of key things that people need to have automated that need to have like to call in that predictability where they know that they're going to get x amount of people into their programs where they know that they're going to get x amount percentage of conversions like I'd love you to speak on that just a little bit yeah I think you need a CRM a customer relationships manager at that point you absolutely 100% need one because you need to keep notes on people you need to be able to work and it can do all the calculations for you in mm-hmm. terms of, you know, what one client is worth to you. Uh, and you can automate your systems. You can automate, you can have triggers when this happens, this email sequence goes out. When this happens, this email sequence goes out. So you can have all of that working in the background while you are asleep or awake or whatever, and you don't have to think about it. You can have all your socials in there so you can schedule that all out or you can have someone else doing the scheduling for you, depending on where you are and your profitability. So that level of having that system there is so, so important, but then also documenting your success practices. Mm. So 
what do you say to someone? What's your script for for converting a client? Write it out because you might want to have someone else do that at some point for you. Mm-hmm. You know, so to actually document your success practices because that will allow you freedom and it will allow you to scale and it will also allow you to get more help because you are not going to grow your business to seven figures without more help. Mm. Oh, I feel like that was so good. And I think that comes full circle to the like, you know, when you were saying at the beginning parts of your business, it's about tweaking. It's about getting the messaging right. It's about like playing and seeing what's working so that you can get that predictability. And that is what's going to get you to that place where you are scaling, where you are growing. Like without that first bit, without all the learning, like you're not going to get to that, (laughs) to that end goal. Oh, 100%, you know, and, and even when, you know, like as you scale up and you grow your business up, it's always going to be like that. You will always be iterating on market because marketing is always changing and you are never going to be able to rely on one methodology, right? You have to have multiple methodologies. That world is changing rapidly, right? Mm. But you will find you have predictability in your numbers. You know what you need in in order to convert to to move on, whichever way that comes from. Yeah, Oh, I love this. And I and I think as well, you know, the fact that you were saying that marketing is changing. I think that actually I'd love to know from you, is it the people who are good with the fact that it's evolving and changing and evolving with it? I imagine the people who are stuck in their ways and maybe still putting things in newspapers, like like they did 20 years ago, maybe it worked then. But like, is it the people that are evolving whose businesses are still growing? I mean, I feel like I can answer this question, but like. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, right. Like, well, I think you need fluidity. I think you need fluidity in your business model as well as in fluidity to be fluid in the different marketing methods as well. Like I see a lot of companies that are just doing things that so so old school even though some old school methods are actually getting resurrected but like I'm looking talking super old school and not doing anything else like old school methods are fine if they work and like I said some of them are absolutely resurrecting but you have to be evolving Mm. yeah and I guess it comes back to that like what's working if it's working then old school's great but if it's not working it's like you need to evolve you need to to be okay with that to be uncomfortable with it again you know that maybe you are learning something new and that's all right (laughs) and well and I think too there has to always be some level of evolution or a willingness to have a branch of your business in evolution because if you are just flatlining right like keeping the same eventually gravity will take care of it and you will start to go downwards because something will happen. Look what happened a few years ago, right? Like, hello. So we all were very comfortable in how the world was working and how things were. And well, there's other factors that can become unpredictable that are not in our control. So that level of evolution and always having that curious branch of your business evolving is really important because that will give you security in an ever-changing world. Mm, I love this. I love this so much. What, as we wrap up the conversation, what is one question, I always love to ask my guests this, put you on the spot. What is one question that you would have 
loved that I'd asked you today or that you would love people to ask you on podcasts and they don't or like what's one thing that you would like to to share or like answer today uh if I think back to when I started my business the probably the one thing that I want would have wanted to know is tie myself to my goal not to the vehicle Mm. because the vehicle might need to change and and morph right and if you're so fixated on it being like that and then I made that mistake and then that vehicle went away that was iteration one of the early and and that was devastating because my whole self worth and self-identity was in that mm-hmm. um so now it's like mm, the my self is tied to my future and where I want to head not to the the vehicle itself if that makes sense absolutely I think that's beautiful and I think that that's such a like a permission slip for all those people out there who are wanting to pivot or they're just stuck in that box or they're like well I've been doing this and I know it's successful but like it's not feeling good or it's or it's not successful right now like being attached to that goal or like aiming for that goal and not being attached to like how you're gonna get there like things change people evolve your business is gonna evolve alongside it like let it be I think that's that's beautiful I love that. Thank you so much, Alison. I would love to invite you to share like where people can find you, how they can work with you, what the next step could be, like share all of the things. A hundred percent. So I offer a free 45 minute strategy session for anyone who would like to book in and I will uh, hopefully put that in the show notes, Sarah, I (laughs) can give you a link if you don't have it already. Uh, And then also um, people can find me on social. So my Instagram handle is at the Alison Wheeler. My website is theallisonwheeler.com. And obviously I'm also on LinkedIn and Facebook and you can find me on all of those platforms as well. Uh, but I, yeah, I would love people to, if they feel so inclined, more than happy to, to do a free strategy session. Oh, amazing. Okay. So that link will be in the show notes. So just head down there. If you are listening on Spotify or iTunes or wherever you're listening, um, all the links are there. Go and check out Alison, her beautiful offer. And, um, let us know your biggest takeaways from this episode as well. We would love to connect with you and just hear your thoughts from this episode. But for now, Alison, thank you so much for your time and for sharing all of your wisdom with us. Oh, you're so welcome. I have loved every moment. Thank you so much for having me on. You're so welcome. For now, beautiful, it's time to tune out that noise in your head and unleash your full potential. Until next time.